Hi, I'm Lisa Collins, and welcome to today's broadcast of Real Christianity with attorney Mosley Collins. Have you been badly injured? Do you need wise legal counsel, but you don't know where to turn for help? You should call attorney Mosley Collins at 916-444-4444. Mosley Collins has over 26 years of experience as a lawyer dedicated to helping accident victims like you. He knows the struggle you are going through, and he knows how to fight and win your case. If you have been badly hurt, the last thing you need is another bill. That's why if we take your case, there's never a fee until we win. If you've been hurt and need help, call us at 916-444-4444 or visit our website at www.moseycollins.com. Just remember, that's all fours for legal help. And now, I'm proud to present your brother in Christ and my husband, Mosley Collins. Thank you, darling. Today we're going to be studying Psalm 31. Before we start that, I just want to tell you what an honor and a privilege it is for me to be able to speak to you in your car or in your home about the things of God, the things that are going to last forever. Now, Psalm 31, it's not the most famous psalm in the Bible, that's for sure, but I have chosen it because I believe it speaks to us and shows us a way to go on God's way to go on in the tough times in which we are living today. There's a verse in Psalm 31 that really stood out to me when I read it. And here it is, Psalm 31, verse 9. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. Let me repeat that. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. We live in a time of trouble. And we are often ourselves worried and in trouble. Some of us are in trouble with our finances. Others of us are in trouble over our marriages or our families or our children. Others are in trouble because of sickness. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. Have you ever been to a church or a meeting or hung out with a group of people where everyone acted as if they were just great, no problems, no struggles? Now, I didn't say that they had no problems. I said they acted as if they had no problems. The truth is, all people have problems and struggles, including Christians, including people who love the Lord, like you do and like I do. Jesus said in John 16:33, in the world you will have tribulation. In the world we will have problems. In the world we will have troubles. That's what Jesus said. And who did he say it to? To his disciples, to his followers, to the people that loved him. Born-again Christians will face problems and struggles and troubles. There was a popular song some years ago with these lyrics. I never promised you a rose garden. God never promised us a rose garden, a life where everything would be pretty. He never said it would be easy. Regardless of how deeply we love Jesus, we will have problems in this world. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. Now, of course, we can walk away from God. We can abandon his path and suffer from it. If we cheat or lie or steal, it will catch up with us. And if you've made a bad mistake, 
a big mistake, God will forgive you, but that's not really what I'm talking about today. Today, what I'm talking about is what happens when people who love the Lord and try and follow his path still find themselves in struggles, in problems. I want to talk to the sincere people who cry out, have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. You know, when I look back over my life, I see that I've had troubles, big problems, big struggles. And I have an old King James Bible with a very large margin. And I've been writing down things in the margin of that Bible for over 30 years. Sometimes when God gives me an insight, he speaks to my heart, I've written it down. And sometimes I've written down what I'm going through and my struggles and my prayer requests. I've got more than one entry where I've been in need of God's help with my finances and other problems. The first house I ever owned, I bought back in 1983. It was a big old kind of rundown house in San Jose in a section called Willow Glen. The house, oddly enough, had once been a convalescent home. The last owner had started remodeling it but had run out of money, so it was half finished. We bought it and moved in, and I spent my weekends trying to finish it. It had for me, at that time, a pretty big mortgage. There were some months when I spent a little too much trying to remodel it, so guess what? I would come up short on the mortgage payment. So when I look back in the margin of my big old King James Bible, I see entries like, Dear God, send the money for the mortgage. More than once, and I'll tell you a secret, more than once in the years that have followed, I have prayed, Dear God, send the money for the mortgage. Have you ever been there praying for the money to pay the rent or the mortgage or the car? You're not alone. I've been there too. And I will say this, God has always come through for me and he will always come through for you. It's comforting to know that you are not the only one with financial problems and struggles, with struggles with your marriage or that your job or your family. It's comforting to know you are not alone. That is, I believe, one reason God allowed the Psalms to be filled with people calling out for his help. He wanted you to know you're not alone. Are you in trouble today? If you and I were sitting somewhere having a cup of coffee and you trusted me, would you lean over the table and say, pray for me, Mosley, I'm in trouble over my finances or over my marriage or with my kids or at my work or because of sickness? And if I trusted you, would I lean over towards you and say, I understand, I've had that same struggle. Or I might even say, I'm struggling with that very thing right now. I'm seeking God's help right now for that. And then you would feel better and I would feel better because we wouldn't feel so alone. That's why God inspired men to write Psalms like Psalm 31 that talk about tough times and struggles. God wanted us to know that we weren't alone in our struggles. And God wanted you to know that great men and women of God have all faced problems and struggles and difficulties. So let's take a closer look at these God-inspired Psalms and let me read to you a little more of Psalm 31, verses nine through 13. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am in trouble. 
Tears blur my eyes. My body and soul are withering away. I am dying from grief. My years are shortened by sadness. Sin has drained my strength. I am wasting away from within. I am scorned by all my enemies and despised by my neighbors. Even my friends are afraid to come near me. When they see me on the street, they run the other way. I'm ignored as if I were a dead man, as if I were a broken pot. I have heard the many rumors about me, and I am surrounded by terror. My enemies conspire against me, plotting to take my life. Wow. Why is that in the Bible? Have you ever been to a church and had the preacher stand up and say, Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. Tears blur my eyes. My body and soul are withering away, and I am dying from grief. No, you probably never heard that from the pulpit. We are usually afraid to be that honest when we are facing tough times in our personal lives, so we hide it. How are you? I'm great. And how are you? I'm great too. And how's business? Oh, it's great. Great, great, great. And we begin to think, I must be the only person here who is struggling. There must be something wrong with me. Let me tell you that God wants you to know you are not the only person struggling. He wants you to know that the fact that you're having troubles and facing problems does not mean there's something wrong with you. That's why he put David's struggles in the Bible, in the Psalms. In the middle section of Psalm 31, we are reminded that even great men of God, men like David, who wrote the Psalms, even they were at times distressed. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am in trouble. Here's what we read in 1 Peter 4.12. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trials which come to try you. You know, here are two mistakes we make when life gets really difficult, when we have great difficulties in our life. Number one, we believe that there's something wrong with us, that we're the only one struggling and we're going to fail. Or number two, that God has abandoned us and won't help us. And sometimes we believe both, and they are both lies. If you are struggling today, I want you to know something about me. I want you to know that I know what it feels like to lose your savings. I know what it feels like to lose your marriage. I know what it feels like to be betrayed by a friend you trusted. I know what it feels like to call out, have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. But there is more. There's a second reason this type of psalm is in the Bible. In this verse, which is Psalms 31.9, the person in trouble cries out to God for mercy, for his help. So here's why God put psalms like Psalm 31 in the Bible. First, to show us that we are not alone. And second, to direct our eyes to him when we are in trouble, as our savior, as our shield, as our deliverer. Now let me read to you Psalms 25, one through 10. And as I do, if you are in trouble, if you are struggling with problems, as we all must do from time to time, I ask you to adopt these verses as your prayer to God. 
So here's Psalm 25, beginning at verse one. O Lord, I give my life to you. I trust in you, my God. Do not let me be disgraced or let my enemies rejoice in my defeat. No one who trusts in you will ever be disgraced, but disgrace comes to those who try and deceive others. Show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saves me. Let me stop for a minute and say, this is the kind of prayer, this Psalms 25, starting at verse 1, this is the kind of prayer we want to pray when we're really in trouble and really seeking God's help. Let me continue. All day long I put my hope in you. Remember, O Lord, your compassion and unfailing love, which you have shown me from long ages past. Do not remember the rebellious sins of my youth. Remember me in the light of your unfailing love. For you are merciful, O Lord. The Lord is good and does what is right. He shows the proper path to those who go astray. He leads the humble in doing right and teaching them his way. The Lord leads with unfailing love and faithfulness all who keep his covenants and obey him. If you are facing problems today, let me promise you this. God will help you. God will not let this problem destroy you if you look to him for help. It's so important to seek God during these times, to know his ways, to follow his ways. That's why the psalmist writes, show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. Well, let me ask you, what is the way of the Lord? And what is his truth? Jesus said in John 14, 16, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. From this we know that all wisdom, all the wisdom of God, all the promises of God, all the provisions of God are found in our relationship with Jesus and through Jesus with the Father. Jesus is the door to all we need. Here's what the Bible says in John chapter 10, beginning at verse 7. And Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the, she the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Abundant life. All the provisions and promises of God. All of those contained in the Bible. All the answers. All the help we need are found in the Son of God and through the Son in the Father. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, All the promises of God in Jesus are yes and amen to the glory of, to the glory of God through us. Let me show, share with you one of the most important things you, you need to know when we are in trouble, when we face problems and struggles, when we lie awake, tossing and turning, full of fear and worry because of the problems we face, 
when we lie awake at 3 a.m. or 5 a.m. just worrying. And I'm going to let Jesus himself explain it to you. I'm going to turn to Matthew 6, chapter 6. Here's what Jesus says. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we wear? What shall we drink? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows what things you need. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Let's take a break. We hope you are enjoying today's message. The Bible encourages us to win people for Christ. Jesus said we should go and share the good news with the lost. But most of us don't go and win people for Christ because we don't know how. Mosley has recorded a message that tells you how to do this, step by step. It shows you how to lead others to Christ with the sinner's prayer. This message will teach you the sinner's prayer and show you how to use it to win people for Christ. The sinner's prayer is a simple 19-word prayer that sows powerful spiritual concepts into the hearts of those who pray it with you. Concepts like the Lordship of Christ, the forgiveness of sin, and the receiving of Jesus as Savior. You can use this teaching with your family, your friends, and the people you meet to lead them to salvation. To get a free copy of Mosley's teaching on the sinner's prayer, just call us at 916-444-4444. Now let's return to today's message. Thank you, darling. You know, let me make a point about what to do in times of trouble by telling you a story from my own life. I was saved in November 1972. I was 25 years old and I was visiting California from Georgia. And shortly after that, I was scheduled to return to graduate school at Georgia State University in Atlanta to earn a doctorate in clinical psychology. But getting saved turned my world upside down and gave me new priorities. I decided that instead of getting a doctorate degree in psychology, I would join a small Bible school at an Assemblies of God church in Monterey, California. I was uh, at that Bible school for five years, studying the Bible, helping run the church and the preschool, and going on outreaches in the community. A leader of the student body and one of the chief teachers at the Bible school was a young man, and I'll just call him John. He was a very dedicated Bible teacher, and even though he was young, he was full of wisdom and faith. He was married to another leader in the church, a pretty young woman who actively taught and led the group as well. He deeply loved her, and we admired their marriage and their dedication to each other. Several years after I graduated from Bible college, John came home one day and found his wife with another man. She soon left him and filed for divorce. John was devastated. His world crashed in on him. The person he trusted most in the world had betrayed him and forsaken him. Now, perhaps you've been through something like that. He was devastated. He didn't know where to turn, so he came to live at my house. This young man, full of faith, suddenly had everything ripped away from him. Through no fault of his own, he was in deep despair. 
And so we turn to help for to the Psalms, the ones we are studying today. And he related when the psalmist cried out, have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. He related, he understood the psalmist when the psalmist wrote, my eyes waste away with grief. Yes, my soul and my body, for my life is spent with grief. I am forsaken like a dead man out of mine. I am like a broken vessel. It comforted him to know that he was not alone, that other godly people had gone through tough times as well, devastating times, and had been rescued by a faithful God. During this time, he found one scripture that helped him more than any other, one scripture that he clung to, like a man whose boat has burned and sank, a piece of wood floating there that kept him afloat, kept him from drowning. It's found in Psalm 37 at verse 25. I have been young and now I am, now I am old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his children begging for bread. I have been young and now I am old, but I have never seen the righteous forsaken by God. You know, people will forsake us. The people we love and trust and count on, sometimes they will forsake us. But God will never forsake us. As I said, I was saved when I was 25 years old. I've walked with the Lord by his grace for 35 years and today I am 60. Once I was 25, and now I am 60. Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his children break, begging for bread. Once I was 25, and now I am 60, and I have never seen the righteous forsaken by God. If you're going through tough times today, problems with your finances, or your marriage, or your job, with your children, or with your health, God wants you to know you are not alone. The problems and struggles you face are common to all. And God knows what you're going through. Secondly, he will not forsake you in this dark time. He will not fail you. Even if all others fail you or forsake you, even if everything you count on crumbles, God will never forsake you or fail you. This world will come to an end. The things we worry about will come to an end. But God's love for you his faithfulness to you will never come to an end. Someday, you and I will be leaving this world, this world with all its problems, with its tears. Someday, you and I are going to stand on heaven's shore, and we're going to look back over our life, all the troubles we face, and you and I are going to be able to say, once I was young, then I was old, and I never saw the righteous forsaken, or his children begging for bread. Looking back, you'll be able to say, I sought the Lord and he never failed me. He never forsook me. You and I will be able to say, like the writer of Psalm 31, I called out to the Lord, have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. And he heard me, he answered me, he had mercy on me, he loved me with an everlasting love. Through it all, he watched over me like a faithful shepherd. He led me. Thank you. I love you, and I'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us for today's message. 
A free copy of this message is available to you if you call us at 916-444-4444. Mosley is available to speak at your church or Bible study. There is never a charge for his ministry. He would love to share with your group. You can get more information and you can reach Mosley with your questions and requests by calling 916-444-4444. We'd love to hear from you, so be sure to call. I'm Lisa Collins, and thank you for joining us, and may God bless you.